Yeah, let the record show. I jumped on that grenade for Greg Bergman, and uh, and Scott Kaplan launched the grenade for Greg Bergman. So much like LeBron took up for Russell Westbrook and everyone, you know, talking about how this team is too old and that Russ does this and Russ can't do that. I, like LeBron James, took up for my teammate here. Uh, you, Scott Kaplan, threw them under the bus. You're like James Harden on this roster. I would say that, uh, unfortunately, in this comparison, I would have to accept that because what I did was I threw out the question, would you make the trade, Lindsay, for Bergman? And everybody was like, hey, look, you know, let's not do that. And then, you know, Laura jumped in. She's like, yo, he's the assistant program director, and I don't want to, you know, get you know, in his way. He's kind of my boss in some ways. And I was like, yo, I'll make that trade right now all day, every day. And, uh, yeah, and I, I still think I would. I do. I really do. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, clearly Thanks. That Appreciate be- it. I mean, do you now? You probably should have asked Lindsay if she wanted to come here first. That's a very good point, George. Lindsay, you were complaining, you were fetching about working with Steve Mason. You know, you work so hard. You By the way, you would not be the first producer to kvetch about working with Steve Mason. Fair Even point. Steve Mason would readily admit that. Yeah. So, so you know, here we are having this conversation, and you know, uh, you feel like you're underappreciated. He doesn't take your advice, etc. You know, perhaps you would like to make that move. Uh, I'm going to go no. Oh, oh wow. Really? Look at that. Oh, See? Right, Is it because of Kaplan? Say yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, 1,000%. Really? Yeah. It's not, not because, because of me. Of me. But because of you. <laughs> no. Yeah. Please say yes. No? I, I don't know. I feel like the reverse would happen where you guys were talking about yesterday saying like, oh, Lindsay seems really great, nice, and shiny new car at first, but then she turns on you. I feel like that's what would happen with you guys. Like You guys would turn on me, and it would be like, oh, my God, I wish I was just – with Stephen John again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. I have a great record of working. I mean, I'm sure Scott does well. But I have a great record of working with uh, ladies on the air. Uh, You know, Kiki can uh, attest to that. I worked with Kiki for many years on the air. Uh, I've worked with Laura now for uh, well over a year. I, I, The ladies and I get along well because, (laughs) I I don't know, I feel like I just – I. You know, I, we're more simpatico that way. Maybe it's because I grew up around women mostly. Like, I had a lot of women in my life growing up. Grandma, mom, sisters, cousins, mostly women. So, I love that word, simpatico. I had this uh, college Spanish teacher, and he didn't speak any English. And his name was Jose Castro. And he would come into the classroom, and he'd say, yo, I don't speak any English. He'd say this in Spanish. And then he would run around the class and go, uh, simpatico o antipatico? Uh, simpatico yeah. or antipatico? Well, you're uh, clearly antipatico with Bergman. I don't think there's I, any I, question about it. I that. guess so. Well, last week he really pissed me off, you know? What did he do to piss you off? Well, he just, he's, he's not, it, it's the exact same complaint that Lindsay has about Mason is my complaint about Bergman. You know, What's I throw that? him brilliant concepts, things that are guaranteed winners. I mean, brilliant? What's yes, brilliant? brilliant. Like 100% like guaranteed winners, you know what I'm saying? Like what? I just, I was throwing out bit concepts to him, you know? I'll give you an example. Okay. Since you're asking, I give, I give you an example. I have this game that I want you and I to play, okay? Yeah. And, and look, we play a lot of fun games during the day, you and I. You know, uh, would you rather, big deal, no deal, these kinds of things. But, you know, George, they're not really competitions between you and I. They're just yes. sort of you and I opining about certain things. I actually Correct. want to keep a scoreboard. And I want to have fun doing it. So I, I presented to Bergman this concept of a game that I've created, and it's called Name That Sport. Right. And so what happens is, is you take the audio of a play by play from a particular sporting event in a different language. It could be, for example, um, in Russian, the language Russian, and then they play the audio and you and I have to try and figure out what sport is the play by play person calling. 
because there's usually little giveaways in English, even though it's happening in another language. And as you know, uh, American sports are broadcast around the world uh, to, with other languages. So yes. it's a it's a great game. It's it's fun. It's a total winner. You know, people in their cars driving around will be yelling and screaming at their radios. And as Bergman told me, I don't want to do that. And I and as I told Bergman, you know, one of the things about you, man. If it's not your idea, it's not a good idea. And people know that all the people have people like that in their offices all over the place in all walks of life. So, yeah. So so he and I last week when we were at Rams training camp, we sort of had, you know, a little bit of a, a back and forth about that. But I will say one thing to to Bergman's credit, where I'll have to not bust his balls on this is simply that he was just trying to get to Friday of last week. He just wanted yeah. to get to his vacation. He wanted to go glamping. He wanted to turn off his phone. He wanted to get away from us for a week. So maybe he wasn't in the right frame of mind to uh, accept my brilliant concepts. Uh, there's that. I actually think that's a decent idea. I mean, I think the biggest problem, and look, I, you know, I just defended Greg, right? I, I landed on the grenade from him for him. But I think the, the issue with that would be he'd have to actually do extra work. Well, that's, um, that's now, and in issue. essence, really, it wouldn't be him doing the extra work because he'd probably pass the buck on Laura, right? Hundred percent, it would right. be all me. And all he's me. petrified. And Laura, the truth of the matter is this: he's petrified to ask you. Absolutely <laughs> petrified to ask you. True. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm nice. I know you're nice. You're a very, very nice person. He's petrified. I yeah. mean, I don't know why he would be. I don't know either. I don't know. Yeah. So, there you but go. I'm telling you, it's a great idea. So much fun. Fair enough. All I'd right. give it a shot. So, look, how about this? I don't think it's necessarily a brilliant idea. Brilliant seems excessive. Um, but I'm willing to give it a shot. All right. Well, we'll do it. We'll, we'll try it out. Maybe but I think we should include week. the audience. Oh, for sure. The only problem is it, it sometimes can be hard when somebody is on the phone to hear it all go down. But on the radio, when you're listening, when you're driving in your car, you'll obviously get all. In fact, you know what? Since you like this, George, and since Bergman's out of town, you know, why don't we why don't we experiment with it later this week? Laura, would you be down to give it a try? Well, I, I mean, literally later this week, like I have one more show this week. Oh, really? You're off uh, yeah. Thursday, Friday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Let's right. workshop this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Workshopping. Hey, you know, George, you mentioned, though, right at the top about uh, Russell Westbrook and, you know, the excitement of the Lakers. And Chris mentioned it in the open. You know, when when Russell Westbrook, when the the story broke that he was going to be joining the Lakers, you know, I thought it was exciting. There were question marks like, does it fit? Does his skill set work? I mean, you know, people who have question marks about it. Right. But now that it's done, and on a day like today where he's had his press conference, by the way, shout out to Rob Palenka. My man, I really love the suit with the V-neck t-shirt look. Very, very sharp look. I'm going to give that a shot after I lose like 10 pounds. But seriously, now that he's signed, sealed, delivered, and in a Laker uniform, and you know, speaking at Staples Center, and he's come home, I mean, on a day like today, it's very, very exciting, isn't it? Oh, man, I don't think there's any question. Of course, why wouldn't you want a guy who is a surefire Hall of Famer, who is a local kid done great? Forget about good, but great. Like, why wouldn't you want that guy on your roster? Of course you want that guy on your roster. And look, now, it doesn't mean there aren't pros and cons. So here's the thing. This is where fans get a little, uh, you know, ornery, right? Just because you or myself or Greg or Laura or Lindsay or whoever – 
right? Mason, Ireland. Let's be real. It won't be Ireland. Uh, but uh, are critical, or Travis or Sliwa, right? Or, well, it won't be Sliwa either. Let's be real. Uh, what will, will be critical occasionally of Russell Westbrook or a Lakers player, look, it's part of the game, right? It, it's never personal. And I've never made it personal with any player, okay? Even Kuzma, who, you know, I laughed off when he tried to, like, dismiss me that one time. Um, But I played it good with him, and I still play nice with him. Um, And by the way, Kuzma's in the news, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But I I, I do think that if we're being honest with each other, and Mm -hmm. and I – you know, what what was the name of that movie? Uh, Meet the Parents, right? Mm -hmm. There's the circle of trust in Meet the Parents, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know – you, me, Laura, Greg, we're in the circle of trust. Lindsay has been allowed into the circle of trust. Okay? Hear that, Lindsay? You're in. You're in the circle, Lindsay, at least this week. The, the... So you throw me back out as soon as I leave. No, no, you're in. You're in. <laughs> at least with me, you're in. Until you deserve to be thrown out. That's a different story. Um, you know, Morales is in the circle of trust. Sometimes, you know, begrudgingly, but he's in the circle of trust. Okay, so... Brionis is in the circle of trust. Now, the audience is also in the circle of trust. So because we're in the circle of trust, when you're in the circle, you got to be honest with each other. That's part of being in the circle. So I'm going to be honest. While I think that the pros of Russell Westbrook are, hey, look, the Lakers offense stunk when LeBron James wasn't on the floor last year, whether that was due to, I don't know, he's sitting uh, part of the game because he has to rest and he's not playing 48 minutes or because he was hurt for whatever reason. It went from the second best offense to the 28th best offense. So because of that, Russell Westbrook will help there. There's no question about that. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean, though, that there aren't cons to Russell Westbrook. Like, historically, he has been a little stubborn offensively. He hasn't always made the right plays offensively, particularly when it comes to passing. And you can argue that he's got, you know, triple doubles and this, that, and the other. Just because you get triple doubles doesn't mean necessarily you're making the right play in the big moments, okay? Because those are cumulative stats over a, a single game. I'm talking about the moments of truth in a game, hence the circle of trust, trust and being able to have an honest conversation. So, like, I, I just want people to know, I love the Russ signing. I'm good on it. It doesn't mean that there aren't going to be moments where I'm going to be going, holy crap, this is a disaster, while also within possibly even in the same game, Kaplan, saying, holy crap, that was amazing. Listen, I understand exactly what you're saying. When he first uh, was announced that Westbrook was going to join this team, my first thought was, how will these personalities be able to get along? This is LeBron's team, and everybody knows it. Even Anthony Davis knows this is LeBron's team. But Anthony Davis is a smart enough guy to say, I've got a role on LeBron's team. I'm the number two guy on LeBron's team. And by the way, certain nights I'll, I'll be the leading scorer and I'll contribute to our win or I'll hit a game-winning shot like he did during the bubble, and I will be one of the top dogs on this team. My question from the very beginning was, is Russell Westbrook going to be able to fit from a personality standpoint into this locker room? But I will tell you this. If they had not gone out and gotten Dwight Howard again, and had they not gone out and gotten Carmelo Anthony, two guys who I believe have proven that players can make changes to their egos. Okay, A lot of times players can't make changes to their egos. In the case of the two guys I just mentioned, They already have been there and done that. And so if you're Russell Westbrook and you're excited to come home, 
You're excited to put on a Laker uniform. You're stoked to be playing in Staples Center. And you know what? I got LeBron, AD. Those are the two guys I wanted to play with. By the way, Dwight Howard was a superstar in this league. Carmelo Anthony was a superstar in this league. But, you know, they share a common vision now, which is I don't need to be the number one. I don't need to be the superstar. I just want to win. I want to get done with the year, and I want to have a ring on my finger because a ring makes me a legend. All these triple doubles and, and having a Hall of Fame career, yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. But if you do all of those things, but you never truly finish it off with a championship, there's going to be that missing piece to your career. So I thought today, watching Russell Westbrook's press conference, I thought it was really great. And I thought, to me, there was a new level of excitement that he's here, he's signed, it's done, he's home. And I mean, listen, what is this? This today's August 10th. Basketball season, the NBA season is not going to tip off for a couple more months. And we're already jacked up about this team. I think it's great. Yeah, no question about it. So we'll open it up to you. What are your pros and your cons on Russell Westbrook? 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Also coming up this hour, we've got, actually next, we'll have breaking news in the NBA. Something just broke uh, a moment ago. The Dodgers may have the most unlikely superstar in the sport. And, of course, overrated, underrated coming up all this hour. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yes, sir. Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. So we've got breaking news. Agent Ward Janowski reporting that Dennis Schroeder has agreed to a one-year deal with the Boston Celtics. My guess is at best it's for the mid-level exception, which is $9.5 million. I've heard rumors that it could be under six. It could be half that. Yeah, I just read um, that it was $5.9 million. So there you go. Uh, not, uh, just, it, you could not have asked for a worse outcome if you're Dennis Schroeder. And honestly, I'm going to be real with you. Go ahead. If you're the Lakers, mm-hmm. that's also not a great management of an asset. Now, you can sit here and say, well, nobody really wanted him. Look at the marketplace. Yeah, but I feel like you could have offered a deal to someone to get something in return for him. You lost him for nothing, which I'm maybe I'm being nitpicky, but that's fine. Like, Rob Palenka has done a great job in the past of getting something for nothing. So I do feel like while Rob Palenka has done an A job, it could have been an A-plus if he would have gotten a... Uh, an, some sort of asset return for Dennis Schroeder. The only thing is, George, is that I think that Schroeder was so utterly unrealistic about his value. And so if you're the Lakers, and if hypothetically you went to offer him $84 million during the season and he says, no, I want $100 million or $110 million, and then you say, okay, we'll sign you to that deal, but in the back of your mind you're thinking – okay, we're going to hopefully trade him eventually. You know, maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know, um, we signed him to this big deal, and maybe that means that we're kind of stuck with him. Maybe nobody would want to ever make that move. And then based on how he performed or did not perform in the postseason, 
you might have had a hard time trading him with that sort of a contract. And in the final analysis, I think two things happened. One, Dennis Schroeder did the Lakers a huge favor by overestimating his value. Um, and two, obviously Dennis Schroeder made the biggest financial mistake of his life and his career because my guess would be whether he signed for 9.5 or 5.9, like I said, I just read 5.9 million, he'll never make up that money. And if I were his advisor, I would have said to him, take the $84 million because over the course of the next four years, playing with that guy, LeBron James, and that guy, Anthony Davis, and wearing a Laker uniform, and he didn't know at the time that they would go get Russell Westbrook, hey, listen, you're going to make $20 million off the floor. $84 million is your basketball money. There's another $20 million out there for you just playing on this team with that logo on your chest a total overestimation of his value. Now, listen, I think all everything can be true, though. Like, it, it is an overestimation of his value. Like, we've discussed that at nauseum. It clearly was the biggest mistake he's ever made financially. There's reports already out there that he's been shocked. Um, but I also think that it would have behooved him and the Lakers to try to work together in unison to get a deal in place somewhere. What, even after the fact, when he knew... That they're, you know, and look, I'm blaming his agent here too, because you have to know the marketplace at some point. And when that marketplace is dwindling and you're not a part of it, you need to be, everyone needs to be honest with each other on what's the best situation. Now, maybe they felt as intruder and his agent that a one-year deal on a prove-it deal is better than locking yourself into a one-and-one somewhere else um, for a little more money. I just felt like it was a miscalculation on everybody's part. Not not just the Lakers, but I do think the Lakers need to be lumped in there. You shouldn't lose anyone for nothing, uh, particularly someone like him who has been a six-man-of-the-year candidate in recent years. Like that, I, I again, I'm not... It would have been an A-plus if they nailed that. I, I just give them an A because I feel like that's a mismanagement. And if we're being honest with each other, again, circle, circle of, of trust, trust right, right. Okay, then you got to be real, okay? you got to take the good with the bad. And the good is that the Lakers nailed everything else, in my opinion, for the most part. But this is the one thing you're like, mm, they should have gotten something for him. And, again, a lot of people are to blame. Him, his agent the team, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, everyone should have gotten in a room together um, and, and cooler heads should have prevailed even if he didn't uh, want to work with them emotionally. If you're the agent for Dennis Schroeder, your job is to take the emotion out of this and get to the spots and dots, man. Well, your other part of your job is to explain to him, hey, Dennis, look, you, I know you want a hundred-plus million-dollar contract, but please, do you understand the amount of money that we're talking about, 80-plus million dollars, okay? Take your ego out of it for a moment, and let's think about the amount of money. Listen, when you have an $84 million contract, you know what that means? It means you're flying on private jets. Well, and here's the other thing I would have done, Cap. Forget about private jets and all that stuff. Here's what the other thing that Lakers could have done. Forget about this free agency. When he turned down that offer, you should have dealt him. 
That's, I mean, we talked about it in real time at that point. And I was like, I probably deal him if he's not willing to, if, if that's, if, if he thinks he's worth more than $84 million, then you're not going to sign him. And he's not worth the amount of money that he wants to be worth, which is 30 plus million. So you might as well deal him at the deadline. And they did try. They, they tried to deal him to Toronto for Kyle Lowry, except Toronto wanted Taylor Horton Tucker and the Lakers weren't willing to do that. So I got to give, I got to give Schroeder credit for one thing. And that is. But the belief in yourself, it, it turned out to be a giant mistake from, from a financial perspective. But imagine thinking to yourself, no, uh-uh, I'm not taking $84 million. I'm worth more. And I will tell you this, George, I'm going to make a prediction here, which is he'll never make it up. He could go to Boston. He could have a great year. He could hit free agency again, and he'll never make it up. And here's why I think that's the case. Because there's a perception about him now that he's unrealistic about what kind of a player yeah, he really and, and is. He'll, he'll have to fight that. He'll absolutely have to fight it. So what is the worst, um, before I get to the calls here, what is the worst or biggest financial mistake you've made or something you, in retrospect, you lament that you had a real opportunity? Not like invest in Uber like everyone tries to tell people. Like there's only probably a handful of people that missed out on Uber. Uh, but like a real uh, investment opportunity or a financial opportunity or a mistake you made, um, you know, with your own personal investments or a, a job or whatever. Like what is the what is the regret? You're like, ooh, I, I absolutely should have done that. Yeah. So um, I have one that comes right to mind. Okay. So in the mid '90s. I was working for a company called Sportsline USA at the time. Mm -hmm. You'll remember this, right. George. It became CBSSports.com, yes. Right. And, and so there was a day. This is back in, in the older days here now. This is, um, this is 1998. And the company had gone public. And I was a young guy. And when I went to work there, they gave me a bunch of stock options. And the truth of the matter was I was too young, too naive. I had no idea what I was really getting myself into. Well, the company went public. And I had these stock options at like $2 and $5. But the company right. went public and was trading at like $50, right? So one day, the company makes this announcement that they've done a deal with another company called MVP.com. And MVP.com was Wayne Gretzky, John Elway, and a few other famous athletes at the time. And they were going to create an e-commerce site. So that day, the stock opened at $50 and went to $80. Now, in those days, you would have to go to a fax machine and you would have to write on paper and then you'd have to fax to your broker at a now defunct Bear Stearns, if you recall, and, and you'd have to sell your stock that way. I was on the radio that afternoon while the stock was going from 50 to 80. So it opened at 50, went up to 80, came back down and closed at like 55, and I could never get out. But beyond that, there were all these executives who worked at the company and they all sold all this stock. And I swear to you, George, 20 plus years later, I still see these guys on social media with their yachts and their mansions because they all got out in time. And because I was naive and I didn't understand the stock market, not that I'm some market expert now, I literally sat on this stock that I had at $2 and $5, watched it go to $80. It lived in the $50 range. And in the stock crash of 1999, it got down to $11. And I thought to myself, it's still going to come back. It's still going to be fine. And I literally, without exaggeration, on paper, probably had, I don't know, $750 to $1 million. I was a young guy. And I didn't understand it, didn't know it well enough, didn't sell, and literally, George, lost it all. 
lost it all. And it was the biggest financial mistake of my life. I've never made it up. I've never been involved in another company that's gone public. Oh, man, I look back on that time and I was like, my goodness, man, I could have cashed out, taken that money, and who knows what it would have done for me in the last 20 years. And I literally lost it all. How about you? You have one? Yeah, that stings. Uh, yeah. No, mine is not anywhere near as bad as that. <laughs> it was simply you made me feel it was, better. It was simply that I uh, I had a friend who who introduced me to the Theragun guy, and it was very casual. We we're having drinks, watching Monday Night Football in West Hollywood, um, and he just the guy literally brought the Theragun out of the trunk of his car to show me, um, and I was like, "Wow, that is really cool! Like, what a great idea!" And I pro- and we were talking about like the funding process he was going through and all that, and I probably should have just said, "Hey." Maybe I can help you out here. And it didn't really dawn on me um, because I was so risk averse um, at the time. And I, but in retrospect, like that's one like I'm like, I literally met a guy pulling it out of his trunk <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and didn't get involved. And look how big that thing has become now. Now, is that why you chose when you went to buy a the bootleg version yeah, on you, Amazon? Right. right. Yes. You bought the other yes. version. Hey, I'm not yeah. buying that guy's version. I should have invested in that thing. I'd have made millions off of it. Yeah. So now yeah. I don't want to support. I mean, him. he probably would have given me one free back then, to be honest. But I didn't want to I didn't want to go that route. So yeah. there's that. Oh, my God. I'm, listen, while we're talking about this, it, it is true though people have everybody's probably got a story in their life of some financial mistake that they made as i just recounted that entire story to you george it still just blows my mind that at at like 27 28 29 years old i was sitting on more money back then than i've ever been able to recoup or make ever since and that's dennis schroeder you know to, to have an $84 million contract sitting in front of you and knowing that wearing a Laker jersey and playing with LeBron and possibly winning another championship could turn into millions of dollars off the floor, to not have taken that and now to sign with Boston for a very minimal amount of money in comparison, don't get me wrong, $6 million, $9 million is still a lot of money, but the point is he'll never make it up. And if we ask Dennis Schroeder that question 20 years from now, his answer will be, when I didn't sign with the Lakers. For sure, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, it is what it is. All right. Let me sneak in one call here real quick before I got a break. Uh, let me go to Sean in the OC. Sean, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for taking my call. I think everybody's missing the point on what Russell Westbrook brings and not what he doesn't do. I mean, we're weakness at rebounding. What Top five rebounding guard. Temple change. He's always attacking and getting to the free throw line. Right now, he's coming in as our best offensive player in the paint without even trying just by just being him. And that's going to help everybody else get to the free throw line and do other things because he does something that no one else on the team does. Uh, look, he's great at attacking the paint. There's no question. Uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron are also great at attacking the paint, so I don't think that there's not anyone else that does that. Um but I think he certainly helps beyond those two. You're right. <laughs> and, and they lacked that beyond those two. So if that was your point, I'm 100% with you. 877-710-ESPN. Pros and cons on Russell Westbrook. What do you make of the Schroeder situation? We'll keep it rolling. We'll take your calls. We got uh, overrated, underrated coming up next. We'll get to that in three minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Well, there's no properly rated, as I pointed out yesterday, anymore. We'll have to have Morales fix that. But for your overrated, underrated today, I'm going to start with this Thursday, which is uh, two days from now. There's going to be a very special and long-awaited baseball game taking place, the MLB at Field of Dreams. So the White Sox are going to play the Yankees at the filming location from the 1989 film Field of Dreams, which is in Dyersville, Iowa. Apparently, it still draws a lot of tourists every year. Is Field of Dreams, I guess you could answer both the movie and the location, overrated or underrated? Hmm. Kaplan, you want to go first? Sure. I would say it. the movie is underrated. I think it's a great movie. I think that playing games there is overrated. Although, don't get me wrong, I I like the idea. I think it's cute. I think it's fun. Um, But I I also think it's kind of in the way of a regular season. I mean, if you did this in, you know, in spring training, and I just I don't really see the reason for it. You know, Um, it's kind of like when they take a game and they move it out of the country. I mean, I sort of understand the notion of marketing to a new audience but this is uh you know it's a movie from the late 80s and i got it it's a classic baseball movie so playing the game there to me is overrated so i would disagree i would say underrated because let's face it if you look at baseball's core audience they're people in their 50s and people in their 50s love that movie especially if you love baseball so i actually think from a marketing perspective it's brilliant i think that tying those people and giving them the opportunity to maybe tune into something that they may not normally have time for, but because of tugging at the emotional strings, I think that that's pretty smart, actually, for a sport that I'm very critical of. Uh, I like it, so I would say underrated. Lindsay, you're a baseball fan. What do you think? Well, I think Field of Dreams, the movie is very overrated, and I think it's kind of lame. Like, pretty lame, pretty... uh, It's lame. It's lame. Mm -hmm. Um, No, it's not a great movie. It's got a great cast, uh, but it's not a great movie. It doesn't hold up all that great either, to be honest with you. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. I was, I was pulling clips from it, and I was like, ah, this is pretty bad these days. But I think the idea of – so this is what I'm confused about. The idea of constructing a temporary, you know, 8,000-seat stadium area so people can watch them play a game there, I think it's kind of a waste because from what I understand, they're only doing this one game there. And to me, that just seems like a lot of money for, you know, like a gimmick. Right, but the whole concept, remember, the whole concept, though, is about one line. That's it. Just one line. If you build it, they will come, right? So Uh if you build this temporary baseball park, they will come. That's why I think it's overrated, you know? Yeah, I think it's it's lame. Overrated for me. All right, next one. Do you even know the movie, Laura? You're so young. I do know the movie. Okay. (laughs) But I, I think the movie's super, like, cheesy i i never yes. really got yeah into we it. did it oh, greg did one on overrated underrated on this particular on not this topic exactly but on field of dreams a couple of weeks ago and yeah i i agree i think the movie is not that great anymore no. when was the last time you guys have all seen this movie i've never seen it start to finish i was gonna me, say I, the same thing <laughs> over a decade yeah like i haven't i haven't seen it in so long so george when you say it doesn't hold up i'm like Gosh, does it hold up or does it not hold up? Because I can't remember. No, the last I didn't time like. I saw I, it. I, look, I saw it, or you know, when I was a kid, and it was fine when I was a kid, and then I saw it as an adult within the last, you know, 10, 12 years, and I was like, man, eh, not as good. Yeah, no. I haven't seen it in a really long time. 
Yeah, it's lame. Next. All right. Next. Next one. So Apple's iPad has been around since 2010, but Britney Spears did not get one until last week, and she's really, really, really excited about it. The singer posted a video to her Instagram account on Friday announcing the purchase, and she seems to think that it's a game changer. Here is what she, it sounded like. Okay, guys, great news. I got my first iPad today. Sorry about my hair. I've been in the yard. I've been working. But I came to the kitchen. I saw something I ordered, and it is a freaking new iPad. I am so excited. My kids have owned one. I've never owned one. This is just a groundbreaking day. I've always had a little phone, but now this iPad is in my hands, and I feel like my life is changing as we speak. And I'm so excited. Upward bound! Yes! Can I do this oh, if I were drunk? Yeah, and then at the end, she's walking around in high heels on her tiptoes asking if she could do this if she were drunk. Weird video. Uh, weird to be so excited about an iPad, if you ask me, in 2021. But do you guys think iPads themselves are overrated or underrated? Uh, Kaplan, I'll start with you. Yeah, for me, iPads are totally overrated. So here's why. Um, I've had a couple of iPads, a couple of different iterations. I don't love them. Um, I still prefer a laptop. I still prefer a desktop. And very frankly, I do almost everything on my iPhone, so I don't really have a need for an iPad. Some people show up, they've got an iPad, and they've got like a keyboard that you can connect to it, and they use it sort of as a laptop. I find the iPad to be, and I'm a completely Appleized person, you know? I find it to be a total waste. I don't use one. My kids don't use them. I use an iPhone. I use a, a laptop. I use a desktop. They're all Apple products, but I don't use an iPad. To me, the device itself is overrated. I, I would agree, um, although I I, I I have one, but it is a luxury item in, this, in that sense, right? Like, to Scott's point, the phone, even the desktop and the laptop are more suitable for what I generally do. Um, I can go days, weeks without using my iPad. But uh, it is nice to have the convenience of it um, when I want to do certain things. Like, for example, I'm on a plane and I'd rather watch my iPad than fire up my laptop if I want to watch something. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that for certain things, it's more practical. But again, a luxury item. So if we're boiling it down to this binary situation, I would say overrated. Literally, the only thing I use an iPad for is um is for my podcast i use it uh with a piece of software called switcher studios which allows it to act like you know your uh, control room at a television channel and you're directing uh which camera angles are on who's on camera etc i literally only use the ipad for that one function that is it overrated for me that's a great way to use it laura what do you think so if I was the same, I would have said overrated. But now that I'm a student, that thing is amazing. I bought like a notes app and I have like an Apple pencil and I don't I'm a note taker. Like that's how I learn when I'm hearing a lecture. So when I take notes, I take notes on the iPad and you can customize it. You can highlight. You can do so many different things. That was a game changer for me. The only time I use my iPad is when I'm in class. So it is a luxury thing, but it's a handy luxury thing. So yeah, no, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. It is. When I use it, I use it for long stretches. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm with you. All right, hey, one by more. The way, but by the way, just real quick, the Apple Watch. Anybody have one of those? Me. Not anymore. I used it for I'm a little debating. while. I'm debating. Get so, okay. it. No, so, I, I, so, I hated it. I hated yeah, it. me too. Like, like I had one. Oh, I no. hated it. I gave it to my son. No. He does what my son always does. He loses it. 
And then I got another one, and I it's sitting right in front of me on the charger. It's fully charged. I never use it oh, unless no. when I go out to exercise. It's the only time I use it to track workouts. No. I don't even use that. Your phone does the same thing that your no, it doesn't. Would it's do. different. It's, no, you I can got have the mine, same stuff on no. your phone. <laughs> mine got you stolen. My Apple three got uh, watch three, whatever got the series three got stolen, and I yeah. literally bought the five right after. You must yeah. get it. No, it's mm. it's really I worthless. I can't stand it actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next, last one, Lindsay, quickly. All right, uh, Jack Sawyer is one of the top prospects in the country, signed by Ohio State. And before ever playing a snap for the Buckeyes, he got his first NIL deal today. He tweeted out uh, that he's the proud owner of a brand new jacked up black Chevy Silverado, courtesy of Mark Wahlberg's Chevrolet. No way. That is the actor, Mark Wahlberg. He's, uh, you know, the famous actor, producer, and former rapper named Marky Mark. He owns five car dealerships in Ohio and says that he always feels more comfortable and more at home in places like Ohio. He said he lives in L.A., he's in the movie business, and he always likes to stay connected to real people and what they're experiencing. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, as an actor, in general, overrated or underrated, Sedano. As an actor, we've actually done this one recently. Um, Man, I, I am just repeating everything, huh? No, 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 no. It's not your fault. You don't know. Um, but I, I would say, and now maybe this is a sliding scale because of what my expectations were initially for him. I would still say underrated. Um, now, does it mean all his movies are great? No, but I would say that it's few and far between how many actors have all great movies or mostly great movies. But I, I think maybe because I didn't have super duper crazy expectations for him as an actor, I have been more impressed with him than underwhelmed, um, particularly in certain movies like Boogie Nights. Um, and he's got a, another movie coming out here called Joe Bell that looks fantastic. Uh, so I, I would say slightly underrated. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think it's funny, by the way, that Mark talks about you know, car dealerships in Ohio and being connected to real people because he lives in L.A., but he's from Boston, spends his entire summer in Idaho at one of the fanciest, you know, clubs on the planet, frankly. And the only reason I know that is because he's not bashful about putting it out all over his Instagram. And by the way, thank you, Lindsay, for turning me on to Britney Spears's Instagram. I didn't see it until you oh, told me about great. it earlier this week. All of her topless videos where she's holding her boobs, uh, that's no, hot. That's not why I think it's great. But, well, you know. Anyway, uh, Mark Wahlberg, I think, is also kind of an underrated actor. I really do. I think, um, I, you know, I look at The Perfect Storm, which I thought was a great movie. I loved that movie. Um, I just think the other thing is, is he's funny. You know, like, was it, was it called Ted? Was that yeah, the one the where, Teddy Bear yeah, movie, like, yeah. that's funny. And I just think that he's, uh, he's very versatile. I'm, I'm a Wahlberg fan. All right, there you go. That's overrated, underrated. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Laura. Coming up next, we'll take more of your calls on Westbrook pros and cons. What do you make of the shooter situation at 877-710-ESPN? Caps got a PSA and the Dodgers may have the most unlikely superstar in sports. We'll talk about all that coming up in two minutes and 30 seconds. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Woo! This song right here. Mm. Now, did you tap, toe tap to this one, Kaplan? I feel like you're a good toe tapper. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I was a huge Michael Jackson fan. And this was old school Michael Jackson. This was big hair, tuxedo, brick wall behind him. 
I love this album. Big fan. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's got a ton of hits on it, as Chris alluded to. Uh, I believe... Um, I believe the album itself was inducted into the Grammys Hall of Fame, if I recall correctly. Well, it was I number mean, it one. I want to say the album was number one for like, check me on this, but like four months or so. I mean, like crazy amount of time, you know, and this is back in the old days, George, in the late 70s. I used to be a kid who loved radio and I would listen to Casey Kasem and American Top 40. Mm-hmm. And I would listen on Sunday mornings, and I would listen yeah. to the entire countdown. I'd listen yeah. through the long-distance dedications, right. all to get to number one. And yeah, I want to say... weeks. So yeah, you're okay. Right. Yeah, four months. Yeah, by the way, I got a great Casey Kasem story. Yeah? So may he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I worked at Fox Sports Radio, right there in Sherman Oaks, mm-hmm. off of Sepulveda, yep. um, they, uh, I worked on the, they, you know, Fox Sports Radio was on the fourth floor. Yep. I'm sorry, the first floor. And yep. I believe Jim Rome was on the fourth floor. Um, but the Fox studio was there. Mm-hmm. So that studio, and Morales will know this because he worked in that same studio. Bergman would have known it too. I did as well. Uh, oh, well, you were there. Do you remember that there was a, like, a bathroom that was like a one-off in, like, in, in, on the first floor or no? I don't really remember that, but I do remember thinking to myself the entire time, wait a second, Casey Kasem works here also? Like, yes. what do I have to do to meet Casey Kasem? Because I don't think the Saturday morning uh, Kaplan and Stephen A. Smith show, I don't think Casey's around when me and Stephen A. are here early Saturday and Sunday morning. No, no, he had already taped that thing a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, so, I always wanted but to he meet him. was he was there one day when I was there. Tell me more. During the day. Mm-hmm. So I went to this bathroom. So the bathroom is a one-off. It's just, it's, it's unisex, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a one-off. And I, you know, I opened the door and I thought that I had locked it behind me because it had one of those knobs <laughs> on the on the knob, right? Oh, please. Just please tell me you're sitting on the can in Casey Case. No, 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 in, no, no. I'm standing going oh, number too one. Too okay. Bad. Yeah. I'm standing going number one, and I also did not notice that it had like a little lock up top, like mm-hmm. a like a bolt like yep. lock. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought I had locked it with the uh, with the thing on the knob, right? So <laughs> I, I'm peeing, right? And all of a sudden the door opens, and I'm like, oh no! And I look over my left shoulder, and it's Casey Kasem, and oh, he yeah. goes, oh sorry, I didn't know there was anybody in here. And then like I was like, oh Casey, and then he just walked away. That was it. That was my Casey Kasem experience. <laughs> And so it's not if you uh, washed your hands, walked out, and tried to shake his hand or anything. No, he was way gone by then. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was was probably as embarrassed as you were. Yeah. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah. May he rest in peace, Casey. Casey. Yep. That's right. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. If you want to hop aboard, eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. Cap has a uh, PSA that we want to get to. We've got a really cool story about the most unlikely superstar in baseball, for sure, uh, that the Dodgers have. We'll touch on that in a second. And they're playing. I know that. But uh, let's go to Oscar in Huntington Beach, who's been waiting patiently. He wants to talk about Russell Westbrook. Hello, Oscar. How are you? Oscar. Oscar. All right. Bye, Oscar. Wow. Frank. Sounded like his dog. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I don't have time. Hey, what's Frank. up, you guys? How's everyone doing today? What's up? Yo. Good. Hey, I just wanted to tell you guys just a quick story on a bad financial decisions or things they regret. Um, so about a year ago, obviously during this pandemic, um, I got into GameStop. Uh, I opened a Robinhood account, and I bought a couple hundred shares mm. at like $5. 
and change, right? Right. And then it jumped up to about 18 and change, and then it came back down to like 15 or so. Right. So I got a little scared. It was in about a month and a half. I was happy with what I made, and I actually pulled out the money to get back into uh, card collecting because I wanted to buy an autographed Zion card, figuring, you know, he's the future and I'll get value there because I didn't know about GameStop. And, um, like, two, three weeks later, GameStop hit, like, $450. Oh, yes. my God. And I was oh, just man. like, oh, my God, I don't think that Zion card's ever going to hit that multiple <laughs> of what I would have been on there. Yeah, I mean, I don't regret getting back into the to the hobby of collecting cards. And, you know, there's there's some money to be made there, too. But that that I, just to know that I had those shares, at five dollars and change, and if right. I just and it peaked, I will tell you right more. now, uh, the peak close was three hundred and forty-seven dollars and fifty-one cents. Yeah, yeah, That's serious, what, dude. Whatever crazy number it was, and I was just like, I was literally two weeks away from. Instead of a Zion, I could have had a brand new Honda Accord or something. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about that was with GameStop, which was weird, and if you were just somebody like you're saying, you know, you opened up a Robinhood account and you were just kind of playing the game. Little did you know, unless maybe you had some information, that you know all these young kids on Reddit were really going after the institutional investors who were shorting the stock. Um, but there was that whole community, George, I know you love this stuff. There was that whole community of young people on Reddit that, that were able to organize and say, okay, let's go do this. Let, let's try and battle back against big institutional investors. And they did it. And if you were in on the game... You might have hung, hung, uh, you know, hung out with this crew, and and you would have ridden the wave. But like for me, that that was not like, it was not real. It wasn't like GameStop all of a sudden became this great company. They were still in bad shape, you know. It's just it was a game that was going on between young investors who were organizing on Reddit versus institutional investors who never had to deal with this small army of young kids coming after. So who knew? Is what I'm saying. But I do love this topic, by the way, because Dennis Schroeder turning down the $84 million from the Lakers and signing this afternoon with the Celtics and not getting anywhere near the kind of money he was going to get from the Lakers and not having the long-term security that he would have had with the Lakers in that contract, it did lead us to this conversation of what is the biggest financial mistake you've made in your life? And George, I'll bet you that we could find lots of people that have great sob stories to tell, like the one I told earlier, where I lost it all. Yeah, for, for for sure. Hit us up at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. All right, real quick on the Dodgers superstar, yeah, uh, the most me. unlikely superstar. It's Max Muncy. Mm -hmm. If you look at Max Muncy, so 538 did this story, uh, and they've got this metric that is called, I want to make sure I get the metric right, it's called Weighted Runs Created Plus, which is basically a fancy way of saying how this dude creates runs okay not only driving and runs by himself right it's like the average weighted in on how he impacts the game right across the board what he does in a specific lineup etc 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 and for that particular metric okay he is the ninth best guy in the sport okay the only guys ahead of him this is since 2018 since he joined the dodgers it's a pretty big sample size, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the only guys ahead of him, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Alex Bregman, Christian Yelich, uh, Juan Soto, Nelson Cruz, Aaron Judge, Freddie Freeman. I mean, those are all super-duper stars ahead of him, okay? Even Nelson Cruz, who's old at like 40 years old, is still amazing at what he does. 
uh, from a hitter's perspective. So the Dodgers found this guy like out of nowhere, basically out of thin air, who has become one of the best players in baseball offensively. And it's just an incredible find and just another tip of the cap to Andrew Friedman and what he's been able to do. And this dude, Max Muncy, deserves a ton of love. He's like top five right now in Vegas as far as MVP voting is concerned at the moment. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the reality. He's not going to win the MVP, okay? But he's had a phenomenal season. And I think that people look at Max Muncy and they see a guy like Aaron Judge as an example. And Judge is like this physical specimen, you know? And you look at Muncy and he's six feet. He's 220. He's thick. Maybe you would call him a little bit chunky. He doesn't look like, you know, he's this great ultra athlete. But man, I'm telling you, he is an amazing baseball player. And he's had an incredible year. And whether he wins the MVP or he doesn't, and again, I'm just saying he's not likely going to win it. He's going to get some votes. He's going to get some consideration. He's a star on a team of stars and maybe one of the more underrated pieces of the Dodger puzzle. Yeah, for sure. All right, coming up next, uh, Cap's got a PSA. Plus, look, football in L.A. may bring back a native son. We'll tell you about that in a second as well.